Bereavement Room is a podcast for our community, faith and culture, featuring representative voices from across the UK. And I am your host, Kolsima Ali. Hello, my name's Shireen Kerr and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm James Boston and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hello, I'm Bafo Ababio and you're listening to Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm Jamil Amaraji and you listen to Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm Ben Akwa and you're listening to Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm John Almir and you're listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm Chelsea Coomson and you're listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Series 2 of Bereavement Room Podcast. Welcome back. How was your summer? I hope it was peaceful and that you were able to reunite with family and friends. I've got so much in store for you all. Bereavement Room will be running until Christmas. Thank you to everyone that wrote in to me for your letters and DMs following series one. I appreciate it so much. Now that everyone knows there's more to black and brown bereavement and grief, let's make spaces safe and welcoming for all. Deconstructing labels such as BAME along the way. Before I announce our newly adjusted theme to the podcast, a little update from me. I am still dealing with a lot after my father's death back in January. Something I was thinking about during my summer break is that saying, that the world does not stop for your grief. This is something I have always resonated with. However, this year the world did actually stop. Nobody saw it coming and it was out of our control. In some ways, I'm very thankful the world came to a halt, in the sense that I could take the time and space I needed. After my dad's funeral, the world went into a lockdown, and within a few weeks, I found myself leaving the office with my desk. What I mean by that is, I literally emptied my desk and my landline into a box. I know many of you have been adjusting to the new ways of working, and it hasn't been easy for you. I guess for me, I have enjoyed it as I was struggling so much to be around people while I'm grieving. It felt like an opportunity I never had before. When my mum and brother died, I was back to work within days. This time around, I got the time I deserved to deal with my grief and other matters relating to my father's death. As you, know, as you all know, it was sudden and, and unexpected. That being said, I want to take this moment to remember those that have been impacted by COVID-19 directly this year. I just want to say thank you for tuning in if you're listening. I hope in some way or other, Bereavement Room Podcast provides some comfort to you. I can't know know what you're going through, but I just want you to know you can DM me over on Instagram or Twitter. It's, It's at Bereavement Room. Um, and I think it's also important to mention that some people did ask, did my dad die of coronavirus? He, he didn't die of coronavirus. Um, I, I will come back to my story in, in fashion, like I did in series one, at the end of the season, which will be close to Christmas time. So yeah, just so much love to those that have lost someone due to the global pandemic, Um, Whether it was a friend, a family member, a loved one, someone you knew, or if you were impacted by it and, you know, 
your loved one is on a long road to recovery just saying that you know I'm thinking of you and yeah don't hesitate to reach out so with series two there is a newly adjusted theme it's called why we do what we do of course I have taken on feedback that you love the original format I know how much value it brings to hear experiences of grief and loss you all know why I do what I do activism I didn't feel seen or witnessed when I spoke about my brother's death and cultural nuances regarding the funeral. It was like I didn't belong there with everyone else's grief. I was the outsider in the room of white faces. Fast forward a year, here we are having open conversations about what grief and death looks like across all communities. Where some of our communities face stigma, stereotypes, language barriers, racism, inequalities, taboo and so much more. So that's why we're here breaking down and deconstructing labels such as BAME together, connecting with one another in a safe space and speaking out about what's brushed under the carpet. So many people from across the diaspora came forward to share their experience and speak out about structural racism and all the layers in the onion of grief that we don't speak about. This space is dominated by white females. There are so many problems that come with that and I really wanted to change the narrative, so here we are. In series two, we'll be exploring with our professionals in the therapy services, health and wellbeing and creative spaces to find out what led them down their path. Just like me, we all have a story. Which brings me on to say, the charity sector and the therapeutic world still have work to do in being representative. We explored so much of this in series one. It's an ongoing conversation to make change happen. After my dad died, I have a little story that I would like to share with you following his death. I tried to access counselling through the EAP programme, but unfortunately, when I requested a black or Asian counsellor, it got shot down. Now, I need to give you context. Prior to that, in the past, well, after my brother's death, I accessed a counsellor through the EAP programme, which is an employee assistance programme that you get through work. It's one of those big contracts that they win. I had a white middle class therapist and she just couldn't address any of my issues. Um, it was difficult to be there. And of course, I've covered what that looked like in the last series in in my episodes. Anyway, so I'm calling the EAP program again because my dad has died. And this lady is very disgusted that I requested a black or Asian counsellor. And I did say it nicely. I said, if possible, please, could I have a black or Asian counsellor? It's just that I've used your service before. And, you know, I had the therapist and she didn't quite understand certain cultural nuances. She didn't know how to address bereavement or like my brother's disabilities and stuff. And it, she just, that was just something that she couldn't help me with. That wasn't her field of expertise. But I also learned very quickly that talking about race was not going to work with her because she just avoided it the whole time so anyway the lady at the end of the phone and I'm going to name this big contractor they win these big EAP programs um she was just so disgusted by it and she's like you don't need that you know my request is ridiculous it doesn't matter who my therapist is etc etc and you know she just started to laugh at me um now <laughs> I, as you can imagine, the conversation just went south. It rapidly went sour and I slammed the phone down on her. So these are things that we just need to keep having ongoing conversations about. In addition to this year, 
words were had in the grief community and I didn't hold back. The space has since diversified, but I do feel the point was missed. It's always the black and brown grief influencers doing the heavy lifting. It takes actual work to be inclusive. Yes, you do you have to be, you know, you do have to have uncomfortable conversations, send emails and DMs, join that Zoom call, but it seems white communities are uncomfortable in spaces where they might be the minority for a change. It's either that or you just don't know how to use your initiative because nobody can say that they're struggling in finding speaking to these guests or covering off a story because or an experience or reaching out because I've done it. Okay, I haven't covered the entire globe, but I'm getting around the globe. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, words were had and things are diversifying a little bit. But I'm kind of seeing that it's only the black and brown communities doing that heavy lifting. And I just feel like white communities aren't doing enough. But, you know, these things do take time. So I'll just give you the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, you should know, if you are listening, white communities, you don't always have to ask someone who looks like you onto your platform. You can actually welcome people that don't and are the complete opposite of you and where you're from. I guess I just don't want what happened to me a year and a half ago to happen to someone else when they're sharing their experiences of grief and loss. To not be seen and othered in the room. Can't go through that again. I don't want to hear that anyone else has either. But unfortunately reality is it it probably is happening still another matter that is of concern to me is how much do we know about psychotherapy and counseling it's something that I've covered on other people's podcasts because they always ask me that question they're like can you talk to me about psychotherapy and counseling etc well one thing for starters it seems we think we can't interview our therapists to find out more about them whether they can help and what their experiences are. Sometimes it's down to pure connection, of course. But at the same time, I think it's important to ask for their CV to see if they are a right fit. For example, have you worked with people from my community is a fair question. Equally, how do you feel about working with me knowing you don't have any knowledge or exposure to my community? I also look at the cost of training in this series. The cost of training to be a therapist and what this means for communities from lower income households and minorities within minorities. Something to think about. Which now brings me to say I'm proud of what we have created here and will always feel deeply privileged for being able to take up this seat as your host. I want to acknowledge our worldwide listeners hello to Romania, Greece, uh, New Zealand, India, Peru, Brazil, Kenya, UAE, Spain, Italy, Mexico, the list is endless. Oh, and also Taiwan, where we have one listener. I hope it's helpful for your community. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. A reminder, we are having open dialogue here, not trying to lead anyone down a garden path or particular thought process. Please respect the voices of all of my guests. As always, you can find Bereavement Room on Twitter and Instagram at Bereavement Room. It does make all the difference if you subscribe, rate and review. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Kosuma Ali. Mm-hmm.